What's up, motherfuckers? Welcome to episode 51 of the Low Life Motherfucking Chopper Podcast. Welcome to your motherfucking Friday. You guys are going to hear a little noise in the background. we got a fan going because it's about 87,000 degrees <laughs> in the studio right now. And, hey, we don't skimp on this podcast. We get this done no matter what. Fucking hell. But you do have to put up with background noise this week. Deal with it, bitches. That's right. 51 episodes. One episode shy of a year. God. Shit's fucking aggressive, man. I can't believe it's been a year. That still blows my fucking mind. Next episode will be our year. I've been told in the podcast world, if you make it past a year, you're going to make it. Oh, shit. Fingers crossed nothing happens by next week. <laughs> Don't anybody fuck with this equipment. <laughs> God damn it, we're so close. Huh. All right. So, without any further ado, let's jump into this shit the way we always do. With those motherfucking sponsors. <laughs> we'll start off tonight with motherfucking Chicken Fried Choppers, a.k.a. Chopshit.com. Hell yeah. Got all your stickers, pins, patches, and goodies. <laughs> all your hand-built chopper fucking goodies. That's right. S- supporting the homies from the fucking down under. Get yourself some motherfucking hip-the-jerk fucking taillights. Get yourself some old man motors handlebars. Shit. And get yourself some other cool swag, too. Sissy bars, hoodies, they get fucking everything. All kinds of cool shit. One-stop shop. You guys are going to hear more from the man behind ChopShit.com on this episode, but we'll get into that later. Next up, since we teased it a little bit, we got a new sponsor. Motherfucking Hypnic Jerk Customs coming to us out of Sydney, Australia. Oh, shit. Where everybody drives around in a ute. And the phone number is longer than church on Easter. <laughs> Fucking coming to us from the land of down under. With some handmade chopper parts. Crushing it. Killer tail lights. Yeah. They I got that I... fucking points covers too. Don't yeah. sleep on the points covers. Fuck choppers, ride choppers. <laughs> I need a Harley just so I have a reason to own that points cover. Oh, that is super dope. Fuck yeah. Who we got up next? We got motherfucking chopcold.com. Chopcolt. Lisa over at Chopcolt. Supporter from the fucking start of things. From the way back. They've that, got... That's one thing I love about Chopcolt. They've literally been on board since, like, fucking forever. They have? Well, I feel like that's testament to them. They have their finger on the pulse of everything that's going on. They found the show early on when you were writing to them. And they've been with us ever since. We appreciate you motherfuckers. For sure. Get the fuck over there. Check out the classifieds. Check out the fucking forums. Check out the fucking brother decks. Find some fucking people. Find your local chopper guys. It's so easy. It's not it's hard for people that don't live in New Hampshire and get this fucking podcast where we're sitting right next Go to you. Type in New Hampshire, there's like six guys that come up. Yeah. <laughs> it should just come Everybody up else with, is like, I'm not saying I'm from New Hampshire. California. <laughs> it should just come up as the podcast when you type New Hampshire. It's just like just listen to this. You'll fucking figure it out. Oh, fuck. And last but not least, we got motherfucking Paco. Been in the game since 1969. Ooh. Still crushing it. Still pumping out all the fucking things. frames. Beautiful things. All Good the frames you frames. need. All the fucking springers you need. Transmission components. Engine components. All the fucking components. God, they have so many components. <laughs> <laughs> 
But head on over there, check them out. They do make some cool ass shit, and it'll help you get your build started. All the foundational pieces. And last but not least, we got this month's fucking giveaway. Oh shit! From Custom Destruction, Custom Destruction. Yeah, you put an ass on it. Ass on it. <laughs> um, so I'm starting a new rule here. Everything told Grease about this new rule. Oh shit! When we draw at the end of the month, the name. I'm gonna check real quick. If you are not following the person that is making that fucking donation. Ooh, very good. I like this. Rolling on onto the next person. That is the point. Is we're trying to help small businesses. They're trying to help us. So when you hear us announce who's doing the giveaway at the end of the month, just go give them a like. Support them. Follow. Right. That's what I mean, to follow. Because we're going to check this shit. Yeah. So, yeah, check out uh, Custom Destruction. If you guys don't know, it's Wes from the old fucking podcast, Riders Rise on the Norm. On the norm. Crushing it, making the most gorgeous motherfucking helmets. And that's it. We're done with those motherfuckers' bosses. Love it. We did fucking good. That was quicker than we usually do. Crushed it. All right. Next up, we're going to roll into the fucking shout-outs. You got some shout-outs for this week? Uh, I got. I only got three this week. Kind of slacking. Super busy week. It's all right. Shop has been fucking packed. So uh, my first one I got is Ironhead Supply Co. Um... Talk to him again. He's sending us some swag. He's sending us some giveaway shit. Uh, if you guys missed it last week, I talked about it. He just bought a fuck ton of Ironhead parts. Uh, so he's kind of like breaking into that field. He has everything Ironhead. So if you're looking for something, hit him up. He's got tons of pictures up. You can see what he's got. And uh, tell him, motherfucking Low Life Child Podcast. Ain't there it is. Uh, we got Feeny Films. It's a local dude here. Uh, figured out he was the one that messaged about welding in on the gas tanks. Seems like he got it all figured out. He sent a picture of everything mocked up, purged it out, and uh, seemed like everything went well. So shout out to him for figuring that out. And then also, dude just picked up the best welding lid in the game. The motherfucking God. fiber metal pipe liner. The old fucking pill hood. Fucking <laughs> ye old welding helmet. The fucking lightest helmet out there with one of the Philips Safety Gold lenses. God damn, if that's not the best fucking setup there is. It's not. Big shout out to Feeny Films, fucking setting himself up for success. Wish you all the get, best laying those get dimes, the speed glass, homie. <laughs> Fuck speed glass. Jesus Christ. All right, who else you got? Uh, next, I got a huge motherfucking shout out to Wes from Custom Destruction. Oh, shit. Uh, just put the order in for... My own personal helmet. Um, and he hit me right back. He's like, cool. I'll have it done tomorrow. I'm like, what in the fuck? Holy so, shit. So, I mean, this is probably, I talked to him about like what pattern I want on the inside and all that bullshit. So he had time to do that. But that just shows you he does not fuck around. He turns shit around very fast. So, shout out to you. I appreciate the quick turnaround. And I'll give a motherfucking review once I get that shit. Love it. Shout out to Born Again Choppers. Uh, if you guys haven't been following Born Again Choppers, all one word, because they know what the fuck is up, go give them a follow and check out the uh, hashtag Redneck Tool Tuesday feature that they do. And send over some submissions for that shit. Basically, he's looking around from all the fucking local builders, garages, whoever the fuck is doing cool stuff. And they send him a picture of the, whatever tools they made to make their lives easier. And then every Tuesday... 
he does a little showcase on something that somebody built. Love so it. check out hashtag Redneck Tool Tuesday and send some submissions over to Born Again Choppers. Oh shit. Um The next one is a two part. Uh first one goes out to Hefe underscore LaRouche. Uh one of the boys from Deuce LaRouche. Been talking to him. He just uh He's sending out a bunch of fucking gear for us, so super appreciate that. And shout out to fucking Arda LaRouche, who we're meeting up yes. with this fucking weekend at Hard Times. Gonna party it up with him. So, Hell get yeah, dude. to motherfucking Hard Times. That's I'm all fucking, I got this, month, this week. I'm stoked about meeting him. Alright, we got, lastly... I always lose it right before it comes over to me. Here we go. Old underscore tugboat. Got the hookup on the fucking two-into-one cable. Remember we talked about this oh, last yeah, week? Yeah. Yep. So uh, he said Dime City Cycles is the place where he got the two-into-one replacement. It says it comes with long cables and the kit so you can solder the ends on to make it as long as you want. Um, Didn't Badfish send us a thing, too? He sent us a different one and was saying that you could modify a BMX cable to make it run. Oh, shit. As a, one of those. I can't remember the uh, website that he linked it to. but So you could do that route, or you could go with his Dime City Cycles route. He says the whole thing that slides together is all metal instead of plastic, so it's not going to break like the shitty one he got from Mike's XS. So, fucking hell. That's the place to fucking do it. Shout out to Old Tugboat. All right. I think that's all I got for shout outs this week. Well, fuck it. Drill into those motherfucking kicks in the dick. Motherfucking box. Kicking the dick or a boot in the box. Tired of your boss yelling at you because he's got a jacked up truck, a tiny dick, a wife he hates, two kids that don't listen to him? Let everybody know how you really fucking feel with this week's daily dose of hate. Kicking the dick or boot in the box. All right, motherfuckers. Let's jump into these kicks in the dick. We've got Boggs Josh kicking my brother. Hard as fuck, right in the family jewels for spending $600 on a tattoo instead of buying a tank for his bike that I'm stuck with. Now i got to ride around on his stock, lame-ass bike for two more weeks. He needs to get his fucking priorities straight. Hashtag chop that shit. <laughs> this is true. The name it. of the game is chop the frame, not get the tattoo. <laughs> this one is from Ricky Bongos. Kicking the dick to all those that support Chinese manufacturing. Support American, motherfuckers. Hashtag, who the fuck is Ricky Pongos? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. Gotta love it. All right, we got Fish Tank Whiskey, who I forgot in the shout-out section, but uh, shout-out to Fish Tank Whiskey real quick. Came through with the fucking trailer from his work, and we're fixing it over at my work. Fucking trailer life. Fish Tank Whiskey says, kicking myself in the dick for setting up our moving day on the Hard Time Show weekend. I should really set up a calendar for the year with all the bike shit I want to go to, but at least I finally have a garage of my own. Huge. That's all that matters, dude. That's worth the sacrifice. Suctionless the show, but that's a good sacrifice. Absolutely. He also had the fucking, remember he was saying his work sent him to like, is going to send him to Canada for like deadbeat and all the fucking good weekends of the year? Yeah, that sucks. And I have to put this one in here 
from our good friend Amulet Arrington uh, at Whiskey Eye. She moderates a Google calendar of bike events. Um, go over to at Babes Bikes and Beards and message them for the link to their Slack team. I'm and on that motherfucker. Do you have the link? No. Okay. So go over there and message <laughs> them and get on that Slack shit because uh, it's the best way to keep track of everything that's coming up. Yay. Oh, I dumped you right off on the one. You didn't... Yeah, I don't want to read that one. <laughs> okay, go to the next one. I'll read that one. Uh, Uncle Fester 401, I want to kick my spine right in the dick. Damn, spine dick. <laughs> for having... A... <laughs> <laughs> oh, this guy's dropping his glasses oh, and everything. Holy shit. Uncle Fester 401. <laughs> you can do it. Jesus Christ. I want to kick my spine right in the dick. <laughs> I can't do it. I ruined it. I'm I sorry. Keep oh my god. Oh, spine Jesus. dick. Dude's over here popping the, the fucking... The fucking lens is gone. Alright. I want to kick my spine right in the dick for having a herniated disc flare up right before motherfucking hard times. And my trip to Pennsylvania that I've been planning for months. Can't even lift my right arm right now, let alone ride a fucking bike. Damn. That does fucking blow. I'm sorry to hear that, man. We hope that you get better soon and that the uh, disc pain subsides. Next up, we got rags underscore rejected. Says, got to kick myself in the dick for losing shit that you need lately. First managed to lose my wallet on an overnight camp out during 4th of July. As someone who frequently drops my phone, I can relate to this. And wallet. Yeah. Uh, Then managed to lose my glasses on this morning's commute. What good are zippers on pockets if you don't use them? Now, it's a Roy Orbison kind of day at work while I'm stuck resting my mirrored sunglasses. Because being nearsighted as fuck sucks. So let's kick my eyes in the peepholes while we're at it. Damn. God. Uh, Sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, that sucks. Next one is from motherfucking rebel underscore scum. A testicle exploding roundhouse to the nads. To the dude who worked on my bike and Jersey Roads. And my chopper. Jersey Roads threw a nail in my rear tire and stole the valve stem cap off my front tire. All after my front spark plug rattled out and my rear cylinder head started pissing oil. Along with some other phantom oil leak I could not find. Also, my... Headlight rattled out out of my headlight rattled out of its housing and my forks decided to shower me with their entire stock of fork oil. I fucking hate choppers, but I definitely made the poker run. Way more fucking interesting. I can ah. never read that. It's too much shit like jumbled together. Yeah, it's a lot. Motherfuckers need underscores. Motherfuckers need to put uh hit the hit the return button a few times. Get some fucking paragraphs going in between here. <laughs> this is one big run on. All right. Next one, we got motherfucking Littlefoot. Tyler Petrie says, kicking the dick to the place my buddy bought his Honda Chop parts from. Ordered and paid two weeks ago. He emailed them, and they told my buddy to have some patience. It's two weeks before we leave for Fuel Cleveland, and those parts are the only thing standing in the way of the bike being road ready. Can't help it if patience is wearing thin. God. That does blow, dude. Two that weeks. That would piss me the fuck off. Uh, the next one is from Saint underscore Beautiful underscore Robbie. That's a man who knows how to fucking put some letters down. 
<laughs> Kick myself in the dick just because the mental image of my fat ass getting my foot up in the air is hilarious to me. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, <laughs> lastly, we've got a new writer here. We got Dogface underscore Mofo. Welcome to the Kick in the Dick section for the first time. A hearty brogan to the gunt. The fuck is that? <laughs> I'm sorry, I was probably, probably supposed to be cut. A hearty brogan to the cunt, to the dipshit. I don't know, it's not. Yeah, maybe. God, I'm all tripped up on this one now. A hearty brogan to the I cunt. I think the gunt the... is when, like, your gut hangs over your cunt. Oh, maybe. Okay, so that's a new one. <laughs> hey, I'm learning today, too. So we got a hearty brogan to the gunt, to the dipshit, who, and this is in parentheses, wired the XS650 I just bought and shoved all the electrical guts in a stupid ugly box. I'm going to pause this one right here to say that I've <laughs> never been a fan of shoving all the electronics in a box uh, that was jammed into the frame. Said box and air cleaners taking turns holding each other in. Oh well. For as cheap as I got it, you got to expect something dumb. Plus, it gives me a good excuse to get rid of the rat's nest and go with a PMA. Absolutely, you should go with a PMA. I just hoped to get more than a weird buzz slash click when I hit the starter button before doing surgery. Here's the first problem. Get a motherfucking kicker on that thing. That's right. It already has a kicker because they all have kickers. Ain't nobody trying to fucking be hitting a starter button. Yeah. The first thing you got to do is rip that starter out of the bottom of that excess. Delete it. Put a PMA in there. And then put a either go if you got points, keep your points. Or if you want to go fucking Pamco, that's it. PMA Pamco or PMA points. Done. Boom, there done is nothing else. All right, and that does it for this week's kicks in the motherfucking dick. Dude, we're crushing it. We are crushing it. Flying through. Fuck. Well, we got a lot to talk about with this this fucking yeah. guest coming. Let's up. move into that motherfucking interview with the one, the only motherfucking Chicken Rick. We are live on the phone with the man himself, Mr. Chicken Motherfucking Rick. Welcome to the show, bud. Hey, what's going on, guys? Good to fucking hear from you. It's good to have you back on. For guys who didn't catch the first episode, Chicken Rick was on the show way back when. When did I say? It had to be at least six months that ago. Was, uh, that was the morning of the Chopsgiving. And uh, do yourself a favor and don't listen to that. Because, uh, <laughs> probably made myself sound more like an ass than I'm going on this one. So. No, that was, that was a good time. That was fucking... Yeah, fucking. We still got the we still got the koozies floating around from that event. The chop Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I just showed up. Uh, I'm actually moving my apartment this week, and I was like, oh, a little ice koozie. That's fucking rad. So I got that pup. <laughs> got to put it to work this summer. <laughs> That's right. With the motherfucker on the back, my kids always pick that up, and they're like, "What's this?" And I'm like, "Put this shit down." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that shit's Uncle Loctite. Don't yeah. worry about him. <laughs> oh, he's an asshole. <laughs> Oh man, that is awesome! But it actually, that's kind of fitting because the, the, when we were talking about having you on tonight, the first thing we were thinking is how crazy it's been this whole cycle of the first time we actually crossed paths, crossed paths to now. 
So the first time we actually met you, <coughs> we didn't know you at all. We walked past your booth at the Hard Time Show last year. So give us a little rundown. What were you What were you doing at that booth? You had the tanks out there. Did you have merch too? Uh, yeah, I actually uh, at that time. So it's kind of weird how we even got to the Hard Time Show. Like uh, definitely through Instagram and hearing about it on there and everything. And um, like I would say two weeks before the Hard Time Show, um, we had like a dry run of a booth at like a random motorcycle like bike night. And it was like the first bike night. So there was like 15 people there. And uh, we set up this hokey booth with like a table and I had like a pop-up tent. And I'm like, oh man, this is like gonna be terrible if we show up with all these chopper dudes. Like we gotta dial in our game a little bit and make this look a little nicer. So I'm like super <laughs> pumped that we did that because like that was like the early days. I think you know we did, we knew absolutely nobody going to the hard time show. So we got there super in the early in the morning. We set up our booth. We had like just like a corner, a little spot, like prime real estate, which is kind of funny to think about that like some no name people, not like we're anything more now. But, uh, you know, like, how did we end up here? You know, like, people had to be a little pissed. It is kind of funny because you you were right in the main, like, thoroughfare there. Like, you couldn't walk to the back without walking past your booth. And then all the people, like, like, Chopperhead was, like, way off in the back corner. You'd be lucky if you even saw the booth. They were in the alley. (laughs) (laughs) That was nuts. (laughs) So, so put it to, here's a good one, right? So, we're right next to Barnstorm Cycles. And they have their pop-up says, like, Barnstorm Jeeps on it. So I had no idea who they were. And I'm like, oh, I guess, like, some random Jeep dealership, like, you know, got this crazy (laughs) double booth going on. And then uh, they pulled in on the, uh, uh, is it a diner or an FXR, that crazy cream one that they have that's, like, all totally badass? I believe that somebody. Somebody pulled up on that, and then uh, I think it was uh, Jake Barnstorm rolled in on, like, this old Survivor pan and parked it up next to, like, my unchopped at all stock front-end soft tail. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, boy. This is, uh, oh, my yeah. God, that's fantastic. Like, the Hard Time Show is definitely, like, the real moment where I was like, I don't have a chopper. And my chopper needs a long front end, and it needs a big sissy bar, and I feel like real out of place right now, and I need to totally get with the program. Yeah, that was, I mean, especially that event had so many cool fucking old bikes. Were you next to the guy, were you next to the booth with the dildo flipping fucking cornhole game? Uh, yeah, we were actually right next to Lane Splitter. Yeah, yeah, that's and what I thought. And next <laughs> to them was uh, Coffin Culture. They had, yeah, like that uh, that dildo, dilly toss, yeah. you know, like cornhole set. You get it in the hole and you get a free t-shirt. That was fucking wild. <laughs> and they rolled up. They had uh, that thing like stuck to the side of the van, so there's just this flopping dildo pulling up. And they're like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Oh my God! Were you so? You, how deep into um, the brand were you at that point? Were you like, had you just started things when you were rolling to hard times, or you were already working on it for a while? Yeah. So, um, so the soft tail, I already got my tank painted by Weights and Paints. So you know, like <laughs> at this point, I was like, thought I was killing it with that soft tail, right? I'm like, this thing's <laughs> a shit. And, you know, like, I'm doing it up. I'm like, I got a chopper. We're, you know, we're in business. And then uh, getting there, I was just kind of like, 
Oh shit! Yeah, we're definitely not there. But um, <laughs> before that, um, I was like, okay, so we're going to this chopper show. I want to work with some people. So uh, I hit up Weights and Paints. He painted another peanut tank that I got from Lowbrow. Yep. And, like, the plan was to, like, bring it there and sell it and have it on the table. Sure. So I already had, like, a relationship established with him. And then um, I don't even know how I originally met Wannabe Fabrication, but um, I had him whip up three sets of bars and the same kind of thing, you know, just to kind of have, like, some one-off chopper parts to have at the booth and sell. I think I had, like, one T-shirt at the time and then, like, a bunch of uh, random stickers and patches. Nice. And it's crazy to think that that's what was at the booth a year ago because now yeah. as, as the Hard Time show is approaching next weekend, it's like, or excuse me, this weekend when you guys are hearing this, um, it, it, what you, you've got pretty much networked in with everybody we know Seriously. knows you. And you probably know yeah, way more people like, than we do. For real, but it's really awesome. You know, like last year, I was just kind of like, okay, this is like a job. Our job is to set up this booth and we're going to go there and hang out and, you know, like hopefully we'll talk to some people. And this time it's just like a half a party, you know, like all of our buds are going to be there. You know, it's like, I'm like super looking forward to it this year. Whereas like this time last year, I was in like a full blown panic <laughs> to not look like a complete idiot. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, I enlisted my sister, so my sister was, like, working the booth with me last year, and she's in Ralph's the whole time sucking down beers, and, you know, like, we went up to get food, and they ran out of food, so we're, like, we're dying at that point, and I'm like, man, we just, we wrecked this whole thing. We have one job to do. Totally dropped the ball. <laughs> but you met a ton of people there. That must uh, have been a big thing for for you just getting started with it, right? Um, I think it was like really one of the big things that like made me feel like this is where I need to be. <laughs> These are the type of people that I like. Um, we met a couple people there, you know, like we met Pernetti Customs there. Uh, B3 actually walked by and they gave us uh, like some business cards that had all their bike nights and stuff on it. And they're like, oh, we're in Boston. And I'm like, oh, I'm never going to that, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> And then just like what that spiraled into now, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, those people that I talk to like every other day. Right. It's been a crazy, crazy year, it seems like. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I would definitely say that, like, you know, the podcast has been like a huge help for that. And like just meeting people and, you know, hearing from people all across the country that are all into the exact same stuff that we are. And then like you actually go out to these shows and uh, you get to meet everybody, and it's really pretty cool. Absolutely, dude. We got—I mean, yeah. Last time we had you on the show, I feel like people were loving that episode. A bunch of people hit us up and were like, "That dude is a man." And <laughs> I don't know why, but <laughs> thanks. It's definitely—it's got a—it's—it's it's a testament to who you are though and the way that you interact with people because a lot of people have a lot of different brands but I every single day I see you guys posting stuff we're getting tagged and stuff other people we know are getting tagged and stuff my, my phone every day is just like chicken fried choppers commented on a photo you're tagged in 
And there's always Seriously. something. You guys stay so busy with yeah, it. I wish we were never going to be friends with that dude because he's annoying. <laughs> I'm like, how do I how do I block this thing right now? <laughs> how do I block this man? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I think that that's the whole thing. You know, it's just like just trying to be nice to people and reaching out and um, you know just trying to help as many people where we could because you know like we don't even know what we're doing now. So. You know, to be able to help somebody out and, you know, give a little bit back and, you know, help somebody with some kind of mods that are way over their head. You know, God knows that everybody helps us with stuff. So you got to definitely give it back and try to answer as many questions as possible. Absolutely. And speaking of helping with stuff, you're already halfway into this build on this XJ650. So let's talk about some of these mods that you got going on and what you're working on with this bike. We can kind of kick it off. With how that bike, uh, how that bike come into your life, and then we'll get into the mods. Yeah, so um, if you guys have never talked to Eight Twelve uh, Inc. out of New Jersey, uh, Jerry's like the nicest dude of all time, and um, you know we've been palling it up with him for quite a while now, and uh, he's just <laughs> he comes out of left field with some stuff once in a while, and he's like Rick. I got you this project. I'm going to get you a project. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but it's all yours. I'm just going to give it to you, and you got to do something crazy with it. And I'm just kind of like, all right, that sounds great. You know, like, let me know when that's going down. So probably like two days later, he's like, Rick, I got you this project. It's an XJ650. Do you want it or not? And I'm like, Gary, I absolutely want it. Like, <laughs> let me know what the deal is, and I'll come down and get it. He's like, it's titled. It's ready to go. I'm like, all right, I'll pay you whatever you want for it. Um, you know, just let me know what's up. So he's like, I'm going to give it to you for free, but you have to do something ridiculous. With it. Like, you can't just put it back together and then have it be some corny little bobber machine. You know, you got to go full boat. And, you know, I'm always down for uh, schooling myself and uh, a challenge. So that's kind of uh, where it came out of. Fuck yeah, man. So what, were, what when you saw it, what kind of condition was this thing in? It's a running bike that you're tearing down or this is already torn apart? Oh, absolutely not. So this is actually uh, originally Dusty uh, NJ, Dusty uh, yep. from New Jersey. He was in the Greasy Dozen build. This was like his first bike daily driver. Uh, I think he said he drove it on daily for like five years through the snow and everything. And then uh, he started taking it cross country back when it was like all in stock for him. And then um, he eventually got a Harley and decided that he wanted to chuck this up into something. So it's a, it's a 650 four cylinder shaft drive. So he got as far as hardtailing it. So all the hardtailing stuff is pretty much done already, but um, how I got it was basically stripped down to the frame with nothing on it but the motor. Oh shit! So uh, yeah, pretty much, pretty much down to nothing. This thing's ready for the build. <laughs> oh, ready, ready to just jump right in it and uh, see what this disaster is all about. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. So, are you doing any? Do you have to make any modifications, or do you want to make any modifications to the frame? Or is that going to stay yeah. as is? So, uh, so basically where it is now, um, I tried making like a garage built frame jig. So uh, I had some steel plates that I got from work and um, I just made a ton of mounting points that welded down to like this kind of steel slab 
to you know try to keep it all squared up and everything and then um, I was going to cut the frame on it and a two-wheel trading company actually reached out and they're like listen kid you know like I don't want to tell you what to do but that ain't gonna work <laughs> I'm like, borrow my spare uh, frame jig for a little while and you know like I'd hate to see you do all that work and just have it come out not straight at all so I was like all right you know what you know what you're talking about uh we're gonna take you up on that so he hooked me up with a frame jig to borrow for a little bit that's originally made for shovel heads yeah so just to get the shaft drive centered on this thing has taken like some fabrication bracket works just to get you know like the rear end straight and then uh from since then i moved on to like the center of the frame to get that straightened out and then um getting like the frame cut the neck in the position that I want to, and then finally starting to tube it in a little bit. Damn. Yeah, I know it def- It takes, I feel like a, there's a misconception with frame jigs that like you just plug the frame in there and then like, yep, yeah, and it's fucking good to go. And yeah. weld it up. Oh, no, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Especially when it's not even close to a universal one. You know, it's like specific for shovel heads. So, you know, like this bike is significantly longer than I originally wanted it just because that's how big the frame jig is. So it's like, well, I guess we're going like full digger, double the backbone length, <laughs> raked out on this thing. Oh, that's true. Yeah, because if you can't adjust the back, then then that's just how long the bike is going to be. <laughs> can't adjust the back. We're only going forward, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, you're a tall guy. You got long those long dancer's legs, so it's going to be perfect yeah. for you. So when I originally sat on the bike, like it's a it's a very short stock frame, and it kind of uh, it goes up a little bit. Yep. So you have like a, you know, like a, on jet bikes sometimes they'll just slap a bunch of plates to hold the frame together up front and just kind of weld them all in. Yeah. So you have like a lot of that gap, uh, not gap, but like you know, like fat space in there that you can't see through the frame and uh probably the only time that i'll agree with you on negative space but gotta cut them out of that frame that's right you don't want to see just gas tank and then slabs of metal no it's awful yeah and and it goes on forever it's like six inch plates sometimes and it just looks hideous yeah so sitting on it it was kind of like sitting on a bmx bike and you're like (laughs) way over the entire bike so i knew that it was going out a little bit didn't really know that it was going out this far but uh it's looking pretty cool, and I'm super excited to carry into it a little bit more. Dude, that is fucking awesome. Are you, is it, uh, so you said it was already hardtailed. Are you, like, cutting things out and changing the... He cut the whole um, neck off. So I wanted to get the front of the bike situated before I mess with the rear. So it's already hardtailed. It's done kind of, like, a little bit funky of a way not to knock him at all and you know he's an invited builder and i'm an invited asshole so so i'll probably end up redoing it after i get the front situated but i figured i would just kind of tackle one hard thing at a time instead of trying to do it all in one big swing absolutely man so right now you are you do you cut the neck yeah so the neck's off um i have the down tube tacked in so um, I use like a one and three eighths dom tubing yep. that shoots from like 
there's not there's like instead of how it goes down and usually you kind of have like the tail end of the backbone come down into your frame this bike has like a full blown hoop so there's just like a big arch in the back and then the uh the down tube connects right to there and then shoots up to the neck oh fuck so yeah it's a a lot of angles oh sorry go ahead I was just going to say, there's a lot of angles going on. This is not like your standard frame geometry where you're just dealing with, like, one backbone. Going no, in. and I'm not a smart guy, so it's, uh, <laughs> it's been a hell of a thing getting this sorted out. But um, it's looking pretty straight. Got a couple lasers on it. Lasers don't lie. But to me, it doesn't look straight. But if it's straight, it's straight, I guess. At, from at, having done a couple of these now, it's definitely you just got to trust the measurements because I, I hear you 1000%. I can't tell you how many times I looked at them and I was like, does that that looks crooked to my eye? And then I measure yeah. it like six more times and I'm like, well, the tape says it's perfect, but my eye says it's like, eh, it's a little maybe off to one side <laughs> and it just drives yeah. you nuts. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely uh, you kind of have to throw your instincts out of the door a little bit, I guess, and just kind of go for it. And uh, let me preface this in case the people didn't figure this out or don't know me at all. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm not claiming to be good at anything because I'm not. So uh, if you hear any blasphemy going on about how I'm doing this, you know, feel free to reach out and uh, redirect me because I always appreciate some constructive criticism. I think that's awesome, man. And I, honestly, you're doing you're doing great work with it already. Thanks. Tackling some really tough stuff. What did I meant to ask you too? What did you cut the neck with? Okay, so I cut the original neck out with. Uh, I think I cut it with a sawzall first, and then spent a lot of time angle grinding like the original plates off it, and then um, I flat disked it out. So the original neck was pretty much, you know, as good as it was going to get. You know, it was, like, round. It wasn't, like, laid down or anything because you got to keep the numbers and everything on it. Sure. And then, um, so I took it to two-wheel training co. so they could measure it originally because they made me up some of those spacers that go on that fun neck holder piece of the frame jig. Yep. So um, he looked at it, and he's like, dude, you can't keep this. Like, this thing shot the shit. And I'm like... If you say so, I guess we're just going to bin it. And um, I ended up just buying a new uh, machined-out Harley neck off eBay, you know, just like a brand-new one. And I think it's from No School Choppers, which is, uh, you know, just kind of how it worked out. But, um, yep, just like a fully blank slab of steel, all machined-out Harley neck. So that's going to open the door for me to put on a lot of different front ends that would be normally – are just not going to fit on a, an XJ650 neck. Right. No, absolutely. And then, yeah, then you're up all the fucking bolt-on shit. You know, if you want, like, the right kind of – you want that 21 spool on a jet bike, yeah. it's a pain in the fucking ass unless you have, like, a lathe and you want to change the axle and the spacers and – yeah, and do all that stuff. Not that not that rewelding a neck in is that <laughs> is, is like the easiest way, but at least yeah, then you could slap a hole. Yeah, and if you're already that deep into it, you know, like I'm sure registering it. Well, we don't have inspections, so it really doesn't matter to us. But if I ever did get pulled over on the road with it, and somebody did take it that far to, you know, where's your neck numbers? It'll get a little interesting, but uh, kind of is what it is, you know. If, I'm going through all this work. I'm not going to put some 
piece of shit original neck on it that's, you know, just to save the... Can't you just stamp the numbers into that new neck, though? Um, so, I was just talking to Keyword Customs about this when I was out there the other day. He just got fought. super illegal, and uh, you definitely cannot do that. Right. Yeah, he just got pulled over, they, and they did check his numbers, and they impounded his bike. Now, he didn't, like, bang fake numbers into the neck, but I think he just had some... Like a little powder got over one of the numbers, you know, like he just powdered it a little too much. Yeah. And, um, you know, the cop, you know, just got big balls with them and basically shut the whole party down and took the bike. Holy fuck. This was their greasy dozen yeah. build, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't get to see it, which was a big bummer, but wow. Yeah. yeah just cause he couldn't read the fucking bin. And one number on the bin. So the rest of the bin was totally fine, but just like a little half a piece of number. But That's insane, dude. Yeah, so as long as you don't run into that guy, you'll be a-okay. Yeah. I didn't even paint the neck on the stepchild for that reason. Because I was, like, nervous. Because yeah. the, the thing's fucking... The neck's 32 years old, so I'm like, you can already barely see the fucking numbers. Yeah. So if you look at my build, but, the whole bike is, like, uh, perfectly painted seafoam. The neck is just black. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Though? I mean, it might just be worth the trouble in the long run. Seriously. You know, yeah, you never know. So, yeah. uh, so when you cut this neck out, yep. are the the down tubes and the backbone just like flopping around at that point, or are they still the gussets are still holding them to each other? Um. So what I did was now <coughs> another another real Rick move on this one. Um, I welded, you know, like I just threw like a real hot tack on the bottom of the frame tubes to keep them positioned in the frame jig after I took the motor back out. So the frame is technically kind of welded to the jig. Oh, there you um, go. So my down tubes down there. So I cut the down tubes out after that. And, um, I'm told when I slug the down tubes, you know, like the new down tubes in, um, it has to be on a horizontal plane and not on a vertical. Because if it's on a vertical, uh, your down tubes take all the stress when you're riding down the road, and uh, it's most likely going to crack if you do that. What, uh, so what do you I, mean by that? When you say it has to be on a horizontal plane, like it has to, the down tube has to be resting on a table, like flat? So, yeah, so where I cut for you know to measure out the new down tubes, I cut it like halfway under the engine in between the front and the rear motor mounts. Oh, so, so you cut the whole, you didn't just cut the neck out, you cut the whole down tube and front area of the bike out. Yeah, pretty much. Like so the backbone too. Like, uh, if you slice the bottom of it right in half through the uh, motor, that's like where my frames cut out. Oh, I see, okay. I thought you just cut the neck at the top, like only the uh, neck no. out. I see what you're saying now. Did you cut the so backbone to halfway the too? Front. So. To do that, what I did was um, I ordered the tubing. It actually just got here. I had to chase the UPS guy down because apparently my address was wrong in the thing. And uh, I was trying to make the 7 o'clock podcast, so I went and found the dude. And uh, <laughs> he's like, oh, what was it going to get delivered with it anyway today? And I'm like, well, I know it's in the truck, motherfucker, so dig that shit out and give it to me. <laughs> That is fucking awesome. You got a you got a shout out to where whoever you got the tubing from. Um, I so I don't you know whatever. Um, I don't live by a metal supplier as far as I know. 
So I order all of my metal, which is super expensive, but it's kind of the only option that I have, you know, instead of driving somewhere. Right. Um, I tried to, I usually order it from onlinemetals.com. Yep. And um, what I did was when I cut the frame originally, uh, I took a caliper and I measured the inner diameter, you know, the, the tubing thickness. Yep. And uh, I did all that stuff. And my original plan was just to buy a smaller diameter piece of steel and use that as a slug. And uh, apparently I got all that wrong. And um, what you want to do, you only need like a two-inch slug that's going to go inside your frame to connect your two new pipes together. Yep. It only has to be about two inches, but it has to be the exact inner diameter of both pipes. Right. So that was a little bit of a, you know, now I learned something on that one, which was super helpful. So you are you going to extend the down tubes at all, or are you just welding it back together? No. So the down tubes are... Um, I ordered like two six foot sections of like the down tube steel. Yep. And um, I took a piece of three quarter inch conduit and I cut it in half. So I have like my first bend on the bottom, you know, like a nice big radius bend. Yeah. And then um, I slugged it with a socket on the top so I could, you know, make adjustments to the top of this frame leg that I need to to get it perfect. Because I don't have a tubing bender. So what I did was I just made like this template piece out of EMT. And then when we go to hard times this weekend, I'm going to hand that and my new frame, my uh, light tubes over to Old Man Motors. And he's going to bend them to you know, the proper spec. And oh, I'll perfect. be able to notch them, slug them, and then weld them in. So the frame geometry is going to be the same then? No, it's just way gonna... different. So now it's got like a... I think the backbone is double the length. It's got a 40-degree rake, and the, the legs on it, uh, it's going to be like a gooseneck style. So you're going to have like four inches, you know, matching the down tube and, you know, uh, I guess angle. And then it's going to dip down towards the frame, and then you're going to have one big nice radius back into the frame. Fuck. I'm glad yeah. you're going through this because so, on that XS. So I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, you know. So I'm using EMT and I'm making 20 cuts out of EMT just to make sure I get this perfectly right. So when I throw it over the fence, it's going to be what it needs to be. Right. What is EMT? Uh, it's that shit that they run like electrical wire in. So like if you're in like a gymnasium and you see all that exposed. Uh, oh, metal yeah. Piping. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's super easy to bend, and uh, you could just use a, like a normal like EMT conduit bender. My cousin's an electrician, so we, you know like, we have all that shit just laying around. Oh yeah, yeah so, that little like radius at the end of a stick thing. Yeah, yeah, it's like a stick, and then it's got like a like a half moon on it. Kind of yeah, thing. yeah. So I can get a pretty good bend out of that, and make sure it's perfectly straight, and it's you know like a nice radius bend, and then um, you know I could just totally use it for mock up and. He's going to transfer it over to the one and a quarter inch tubing that I'm using for the legs. No shit. That's fucking wild, dude. I'm glad you're going through this because I'm on my XS build that I have no intention of starting anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But on that, I want to pretty much do the same thing cut the down tubes off, cut the neck off, put a Harley front, uh, well, a Harley neck on it. But I want to like curl the backbone. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then make the legs longer. So. So. What I wanted to do was I wanted to, like, curve the legs, but I don't know how hard it would be to do that on, um, you know, like a normal bender 
because um, vintage technologies, when he was on the podcast, he said that the bend is down to, you know, they took like two acetylene torches and kind of like gravity bent it almost. Right. And I'm like, that's going to be way too hard. Like, I'm goosenecking this fucker. Like, I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to be a hero with this build, you know, I just need it to be solid. For sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so like even stuff like that, it's like great to listen to the pros and see what they do, and they'd be like, "Yep, well, that's uh, that's out of my wheelhouse." So we're just gonna drive right past that exit. Yeah, yeah. it's actually his fault. I want to do that to the XS because that's what he was talking about. Was that yeah, he curled that backbone up to like get that uh, upward swept with the gas tank? Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I need to do that. I have no idea how to do it, but I need to do that. <laughs> yeah, and just like everything else with this build, you know, like I. So, here, I'll give you an example. I sat, I did not work at all today. I sat at work, did not work. I sat on chop coal all morning, with, and I seen the little life banners on there. I was laughing. I was like, hell yeah, boys. That's <laughs> right. Here on chopcoal.com. <laughs> we made it. But, um, <laughs> so, like, weird shit that you just have to, like, sit there and research out of nauseam. Um, I know that I want a 35-millimeter Ford tube iron head front end on this bike. Because it's uh, it's a pretty narrow bike, it's a pretty slim bike, so I want to go with you know like a smaller option like that. So uh, I seen a really nice extended fork iron head for an end on eBay for the right price, and I scooped it up. So after I bought it, I didn't think about the neck on that, or yeah, the um, what is it called? The uh, the stem on the triple tree is only going to be a seven eighths. And the neck that I just welded in for this whole thing is a one inch. Fuck. So I was trying to like figure out how I'm gonna convert that to make that work, you know? God. A quarter inch slug. <laughs> just some just uh, cram some tubing yeah. in it. I know, and I'm like, do I buy a seven eighths stem and go down that whole route and then I'm stuck with seven eighths, you know, front ends if I ever want to do that? Because I change my mind like every twenty minutes, so that's not really going to realistically so, hold on, work. So why didn't you want to just run like a thirty-nine millimeter front end? Because I have a thirty-nine millimeter on my soft tail build, and I think that it fits that bike pretty well. But this is a narrower. It's not necessarily smaller. It's just kind of like high and tight, whereas that bike's like a little bit bulky for a chop. And I, I just thought if I had two 39mm sitting together on two drastically different bikes, I think it would have thrown me for a little bit of a loop. So I do know that Harley makes a ton of extended four tubes for the 35mm, and that's why I was like, okay, I'm going to go that way, and um, I'm going to make that happen. Fuck yeah, dude. That's definitely one of the more served diameters because you, you get the weird years and you get those like those 33.4 um yeah and it's like well that's a fucking nightmare yeah compared and another thing that's interesting too is that like when you're sitting here looking at all these jet bike front ends and stuff like uh excesses don't excesses come in a 35 millimeter front they do so if you were like hey i am having trouble finding four tubes for my excess that's a 35 millimeter what I would do is I would yank the front end off an iron head and use the fork tubes because those are super common. Not like excesses aren't super common, but it's just the easiest cross example that I can think of off the top of my head. And then just run Harley parts from the triple tree down and it'll just work fine. Right. That's what I, yeah. That, and I, I don't know of anybody that's done it themselves, but 
I unfortunately have the fucking 76 is one year before they went to 35. So mine are 34 millimeter, which is just, a, it's the same boat as the Harley 33.4 where you're just yeah, like, yeah. well, this nothing fits. They don't make, because they actually make extended fork tubes for an XS, but only for the yeah. 35s. So it's like, yeah. fuck. <laughs> yeah, so as long as you stay in like the right range, yeah, it gets a little bit tricky for sure. And you know, like I would love to get you know some custom forking by Frank tubes, but the whole front end that I just bought cost half as much as brand new custom fork tubes. So I believe we're, it. Uh, we're trying to ball on a budget as much as humanly possible. Got to do it, man. Got got to make it happen. That's right. So you do you have the so you picked up a whole iron head front end already? Yes. So, like I was saying earlier, uh, that's a 7 8 uh, stem, and I believe it's stepped. So, you have to, you might have to get like one Timken bearing that fits the one inch outer, you know, like whatever the outer diameter is for the normal one inch necks. And then the inner diameter is going to fit whatever that, you know, the diameter from the top and the bottom of that 7 8 head are. So I researched those out. I got those parts. So hopefully when I get it, it all just bolts right together using funky bearings. But if not, I'm going to have to go back to the drawing board. Right. Yeah. And then find another way to do it. Yeah. And the same thing. So I'm going to run the original Yamaha front wheel on the Harley set. You know, the Harley uh, front wheel. Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's getting weird all across the board. Just because want to make it as hard as possible. I'm just going to, uh, we're going to go do it right now. So because it's a shaft drive, it has a weird ass back wheel on it, you know, and it's got like a pretty cool spiral pattern on it. And, uh, I'm not going to be able to get another back wheel to fit oh, that bike. I see what you're so saying. I kind of have to keep the front. But, um, what I did was I just did the same thing. I kind of cross reference. Okay. Here's what the, you know, the three dimensions are for, the bearing that normally goes with this wheel. I need a bearing that's going to work with a three-quarter axle. And then, um, you know, once you plug in all the numbers and find the right bearing that you need, uh, hopefully it's just swapping the bearings and you should be good to go. Damn. So instead of modifying, you know, everything out of nauseam for the neck and for the, you know, the front wheel, just figure out what bearings you need. And then you just, it's a, simple swap of bearings versus getting crazy you wouldn't you also need to to change the size of the shims because the two wheels wouldn't be the same width yeah yep so definitely gonna need to you know get some and that's the other thing too is that it's a harley front end so you can get three quarter inch um whatchamacallit shims you know like just like one long shim and then just cut them down to whatever size you need that's true you cut them with it. You cut them with a cutoff where, wheel. This is where people are going to freak out a little bit. But so I cut some uh, some shims for Rebel X Gums bike, and what we did was uh, I have like an industrial pipe cutter, yeah. and we pipe cut out the whole shim, you know, so it just makes like a perfectly cut radius, and oh, then damn. it was just kind of like flanged out just a little bit, and we just hit it with the uh, with the old. Uh, Flat this grinder, smoothed it out, ran it, perfect. Straight to the fucking highway. Straight to the highway. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. That's a uh, who makes that pipe cutter? 
I gotta um, look into one of those. I don't know. It's just like a straight up industrial pipe cutter. It just happens to be ridiculously big compared to normal. Is but it one of those ones where you're like turning up your plumber buddies and see who's got a pipe cutter and then just sit there for an hour and Honestly. twist that thing around until the pipe cuts? I was gonna say, yeah, it's the kind where you like you, it's manual crank, like on a little lever. Yeah, you just turn the end on it, and you keep, like, screwing it in, and it just gets, like, progressively tighter and tighter until it's all the way through. My God, how long does that take to cut through a piece of eighth-inch steel? Oh, it steel? took forever. It was, like, it was ridiculous. But, you know, instead <laughs> of, like, having a, to find somebody with a lathe that could do it in three minutes, you know, that right. was before I knew anybody with a lathe. So we were just making it happen. But I, needed you I mean, the real thing that they would just be to go to a machine shop and be like, cut it right here. Right. Uh, do you know yeah, how I did my rear spacers? Did you use it? Did you do that? My rear spacers? Yeah. I got washers that would fit over my axle. And if they were <laughs> too big, i put them in my vise and sanded them with a fucking orbital sander and then put them back on. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, my goodness. I can't <laughs> yeah, talk shit. I have three-quarter-inch washers on the back of my XS. Yeah. Whatever uh, as axle nice. spacers. Hell yeah, man. That's only because I didn't have a pipe cutter. Or, yeah. or a plumber, well, buddy. Who the fuck does? <laughs> oh, my God. That's fantastic, though. <laughs> Got to make yeah, it work. You know, and that's like a lot of it. You know, like I, I do a lot of research, and I'm like, this is the right way to do it. This is my hacky way to get it close without having, you know, <laughs> to figure out how to buy. You know, like same thing with 39-millimeter fork tubes. You know, you could probably go out and buy the fork seal ram for 50 bucks. But a piece of one and three quarter inch, I think it's one and three quarter, maybe one and a half, a uh, piece of PVC, just ran them things down there for like yep. two bucks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Fucking 100%. in there like somewhere. Absolutely. Now, what are, what things do you spend money on? What are the things that you're like, this is worth spending a couple bucks? Um, I don't know. Uh, Nothing. It's <laughs> a great question. The bike itself. Uh, stickers. Flat I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't buy cheap flat discs. Like I buy, you know, the the more expensive flat discs. I don't really buy that much cooling. I have um, a Hobart. Uh, what is it? A handler like one twenty or one thirty or something. I was going to ask you what you were welding all this with. Yeah, just uh, just making it. Nice. Nice. But, um, yeah, you know, like, that's been super helpful. That thing's never let me down. But um, I'm not, I have, like, all my tools in, like, a Playmate cooler. You know, like, I'm one of those guys. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I have, like, a couple, like, craftsman tools are, like, my holy grail of, like, the nicest shit that I have. You know, like, I'm really, to be honest, just using all the wrong shit all the time. I think most of us are. I feel like there's so you know, many like people. I wish, I wish I could tell you that I had like a snap-on something. I think I have like one snap-on wrench that somebody left in something, and then I just acquired it. There you go. Hey, but listen, man, Harbor Freight to keep you straight. That's it. That's it. You know, and like um, bike building is not you know my future by any means. Like I love doing it. I spend all my time doing it. But uh, like I'm not selling these bikes. I'm not building them to turn a profit. It's just kind of like to appease my need to make something so like i would never i don't really do like intensive things to people's bikes you know like as far as anything structural or you know like i'll weld somebody up like a sissy bar here and there but like i'm not comfortable working on people's bikes where it's gonna put them in any kind of danger like 
You know, sure. I remove all the hacky shit on my own stuff, and if I die, it's completely my fault. <laughs> and, you know, like, that's just kind of how it goes. A hundred percent. I think we all feel more comfortable taking... You take chances on your own projects, and then customer shit, it's like, we'll do this by the book. Yeah. Take the long yeah. route. Yeah, oh yeah. People have seen the frame jig, and they're like, you think you can straighten this frame jig out for me? And, or, like, get my frame out? And I'm like, I don't know how to use this. I don't even remember where I got it. You know, like, I can't possibly handle taking on your frame project. You know, like, I would love to. You know, like, maybe if someday, you know, it just so happens to get good enough to where I could handle that but right now it's just you know my own cause and effect mistake making sure that's a tough project too though if somebody came to even if somebody came to me and said I need you to straighten out a frame I've already welded that is crooked yeah I'm not sure I would even want to take that on that'd be that's a tricky one once it's already out of whack you're kind of like you start over it's, it's gonna be hard you know and some people are just good at that. You know, like some people could see it and slice it and, you know, heat it up and right, with the twist it in different ways. But all of that comes with the experience that I don't have. So, you know, <laughs> maybe someday we'll get around to that. But, yeah, definitely not at this point. That's awesome, though, that you got linked up with uh, Two Wheel Trading Company uh, as far as the jig is concerned. I do feel like that yeah. just makes your life oh, so much easier. Huge. It definitely not, you know, like, because I welded the uh, the KZ440 hardtail on myself, no jig, you know, just on the floor of my garage. And um, I think I got super lucky with it. You know, I think a lot of it's, you know, a testament to what uh, Voodoo, no, Vintage, no, what's her name? The people who made CPs? Voodoo Vintage. Voodoo Vintage. Uh, wait, I got the half of it. Yeah, right. you got it. Yeah, uh, I had their hardtail, and, um, you know, it kind of went on, and it came out great, and that hardtail was amazing, but um, if you're going to do anything more than that, that you're not willing to take a risk on, you know, like, with this whole front frame redo, uh, there's no way you could do it without a jig, in my opinion, of somebody who tried to figure out how to do it without a jig. Yeah, that I I don't know how people do it. I know I know people always talk about doing shit without the jig. It just seems like uh, like it just be really difficult. And yeah, I mean I'm sure people at the very ways. least it's like a comforting thing, you know. Like oh, I can't fuck this up. It's in a frame jig, you know. Like at least it gives you a little peace of mind when you're gluing this thing back together. But uh, yeah, I mean it's just a huge help to hold everything and you know to keep everything at least relatively straight. Yeah, and I think that because I know people, um, I had gotten that chop source jig, and people are like, "Oh, it's you made it out of aluminum. That's really weird. It's like, isn't that gonna bend?" And I feel like uh, when it comes to jigs, the way you weld it is just as important as the fact that it's in a jig. Um, yeah, that was one of the things that Two Wheel Trading Company said as soon as he handed it over to me. He's like, "Listen, this thing is not keeping." this bike straight you know like frame jigs don't keep everything completely dialed in i mean the neck of it is hanging like a foot and a half off the main center post off of like a piece of three-quarter rod you know like he's like that thing's not any kind of stable it's just kind of like a, a locator and he's like right. when you weld this thing you got to make sure to weld it you know take your time with it only weld like he's like just weld an inch a day if you have to and just let it cool by its own 
and um, he's like, yeah, but don't rely on the jig to keep everything straight. You definitely have to do that. Yeah, and that that's that is so important that people understand that. I know the uh, the one I did for a Rhino took, I think I spent three days, just like yeah. doing this section, doing that section, and then there's a couple things that I couldn't reach on the bottom because the jig was in the way of the tube. So yeah. then I had to weld. I you know I had done a couple welds that night, and I just had to let it cool until the next day while it stayed in the jig before I took it out and then clamped yeah. it to the fab table to do the rest over there because it's like you don't want to take it out when it's hot and have it shift on you. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, just all those little things. But it's so cool that you're taking on this project because all this stuff is so important. Even if you don't do it for work, it's just like what a cool skill to have. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, like it's been such like a, a cool learning experience. And, you know, it just helps me to be able to like talk about it, to understand how it's done and to like really respect when you see somebody put out something amazing like if you have a basic understanding of like what it takes to even do a shitty job like I'm doing, you know, to see some of like these full crazy bills at these, uh, you know, events and stuff. It's like, man, that dude knows what he's doing. And, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta pat that dude on the back a little bit harder once you, uh, have a better understanding of it. Yeah. I see that with uh, vintage technologies when we were, I mean, there's a million things that, that guy's good at, but mm-hmm. some of those, frames with the swooping angles yeah going all around like i'm looking at the roadstar in my that's in my jig right now and i'm like trying to make just just the most basic like it's gonna go straight line from here to here and i'm like sweating my ass off before i put the tack weld on a certain thing i can't even fathom you know some of these people doing these complex bends over long distances it's really incredible stuff when you think about it yeah yeah, and even that, you know, like just the the willingness to do it and like the time and energy. Because I think I remember him saying that he like he bought four neck castings, screwed three of them up, and just kept throwing them away. And it's like, man, you know, like where I would have tapped out at the second one and then just oh, made right? it work and been happy with it. I forgot you know, about like, that part. That is you're such really a good going point for the full uh, the full win on this one. Yeah, people's determination is unbelievable on some of that yeah. shit. Yeah, I don't know how much a net casting costs, but I imagine I'd be in your same boat where I'm like, if I didn't do this by the second one, I guess I don't know how to do this. Oh, uh, yeah, you're definitely you're talking some dough. A few thousand dollars in net castings for sure, but uh, Fuck. yeah, I don't know. God, dude. <laughs> and that's even like, you know, not like this whole thing, you know, but like if I need these frame lights to come out perfect, you know, so... I'm going to really have to like dial in my uh, notcher to make sure that when I put this frame uh, leg up there, it's going to hit perfect because it cost me like 120 bucks to get two pieces of metal for these frame legs, you know, like just spend the time and do all the calculation and, you know, make however many legs you need out of conduit first before, you know, you get this thing dialed into the point where you go to the big stuff. And it definitely has been making this whole process take longer. Like, I made my whole backbone out of PVC pipe twice just to make sure that the notcher was set up correct. But uh, it's definitely worth it in the end. And it feels super great when you throw that backbone on and it, you know, it hits both points perfect where it was. And 
you know, you feel like a hero for a hot second until you realize what's next. <laughs> that is very true. It's the small victories that keep you coming back, though. <laughs> you need something. Something's got to keep you going in this whole thing, and it's the small victories. That's it. You weld up some fucking killer PVC joints, and you're like, yeah, buddy. Uh, dude, I'm like, could I just JB weld this thing in? I mean, this already came out perfect. I'll paint it black. Nobody's ever going to know. Just <laughs> paint it black. Oh, that's fucking awesome, dude. So this bike is going to be insane when it gets done. I can't wait to see the progress pictures, how everything's coming along. You got frame stuff you're working on, front end stuff you're working on. Is there anything yeah, else? Yeah, I'm really excited. I think uh, so. I think it's going to land somewhere with um, probably six over with the 35 millimeter tubes, narrow front end. Uh, it's going to have that 19 inch spiral front wheel. I'm kind of thinking it's going to sit pretty low. You know, like so. I actually dropped the backbone down, like say you know a couple of degrees instead of going up with it. Mm-hmm. So um, it sits a little lower, and I think it's going to be like a digger chop style. And um, I'm thinking prison tank. I'm thinking maybe even doing something like Caleb Denton did with his rear fender for that uh, that born free bike, where it's kind of like drag style a little bit, where you kind of have like that boxy rear fender that's kind of molded into the frame instead of being you know the traditional. Right. But, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm pretty psyched for it. Dude, I can't wait. It's going to be fucking sweet. Uh, not to shift gears too quickly here, but... Uh, no, you shift away, brother. We, we Dude, came you know up what already. we should talk about real fast? What's I was up? sitting at a stoplight the other day, and I'm like, how the fuck do these people use foot clutches? <laughs> like, <laughs> trying to figure out in my head, like, just sitting there at the light on a hill. I'm like... I respect to it, you know, like if you don't have a front brake, like just something to hold on to up front and you're foot clutching it, you know, maybe if you're in Arizona where it's flat everywhere. It's a dry heat. But I'm just like, damn, you know, you guys are killing it out there. It's definitely, it takes a little, a little bit of getting used to. The one thing I will say is I, I wouldn't hate, I would hate to have to do it on my XS without the front brake because on yeah. this older bike, it mm-hmm. doesn't go into first easily all the time. Okay. So it, yeah. I, I can just imagine the fucking hell that would be like on a hill <laughs> and then you go and yeah. you take your foot off because it's such a quick maneuver as you take off. If it didn't mm-hmm. go into first, you're like definitely oh, <laughs> stalling that bike. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, I, I do have a question, right? So yeah. I just took my motorcycle class like a week and a half ago. So I, with, oh, welcome to motorcycles. That's great <laughs> yeah. to have you. Yeah, so, uh, so we got that certification. But um, when you guys stop at a light, do you guys put it in neutral or do you guys put it in first and then just leave the clutch held the whole time? Because I always go for neutral. I always click it down a whole bunch and then I pop it right back into neutral and I roll up to the light. Are you talking about foot like with a foot, with a foot clutch or just with a bike in general? Just in general. Loctite, what do you do? So. With mine, so I don't have a front brake, but mine's not a foot clutch. Yep. So with mine, I guess it depends. Like if I'm going to try to light up a smoke before the light turns green, I'll put it in neutral. Yeah. But if I'm just like yeah. waiting, I just leave it first. Uh-huh. Makes sense. Yeah, I always just thought, you know, like it burn your clutch up if you're holding your clutch in, but I don't know, I just always pop it in neutral. So 
I don't fuck with... I think that that's what got me thinking about it, because if I'm sitting there with a light and I have a foot clutch, you're basically just... Your foot's on the pedal the whole time, and I don't have a front brake, so usually my foot is on my brake pedal the whole time. Right. Right. You know, so both feet would have to be on both pedals. (laughs) I think that that's what I was trying to square in my head of how that would work. Yeah, with the Roadstar, where I didn't have the front brake, I always (laughs) put it in neutral. Always put it in neutral. Yeah, you um, do something. I would well, I've just... seen you sometimes, though, where you had it in first, and you'd be like 45 on a hill and like rocking your clutch back and forth <laughs> yeah. like, to like stay there. I'm like, what the fuck? That's true. If the hill is like extreme, <laughs> I'll just kind of yeah. like hang out and, you know, you go a little forward and then you roll back and go for it. Like if you think the light's yeah. going to go quick. Otherwise, uh-huh. I'll go like I'll roll back. I'll put it in neutral and roll back to like a 45. Uh-huh. And sit at a forty-five with my foot on the brake, so that it's not the bike is not going to sprint backwards. It's going to kind of like yeah. walk backwards a little bit. Yeah, but it like, definitely. What the fuck are you doing, brother? And you're just like surviving. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to fucking uh, drop this thing. There's so much to think about. Like even when I deleted my front brake, it was the weirdest fucking thing for like the first probably hundred miles. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's definitely weird. And I, like, when I had a front brake, I almost exclusively used my front brake. Like, I never used my right. back brake, really, which is stupid as hell. But, you know, like, Makes I, sense, I don't though. know what I'm doing. So that's, that's what I always did. Once you but, take um, that, yeah, you got that front brake off now. So you're used to using the rear brake. And I feel like it once you go back to a front brake bike, like I have mm-hmm. with this XS now, it's so yeah. weird. I, I feel like I have too much going on. Like, that I have two brakes. I'm like, what? Which fucking one should I use? I don't know. After riding my bike without the front brake now for this season so far, I jumped on a customer's bike to go for a test ride. And I was like, oh, front brake. And I hit the front brake and I was like, literally almost flipped the fuck over. I was like, holy (laughs) fuck. It's really weird having a front brake now. (laughs) This is what happens when your bike actually stops. Seriously. Honestly. I think that that's really the biggest adjustment is just how much room I leave in between me and everybody. Right. Rear brake. You know, like I just, I know that I'm not stopping if I need to stop in a hurry. So I just kind of play it a little on the side of caution. 100%. I ride my XS like way more of an asshole than I ever did with the Roadstar because it stops quicker. But what's weird about the XS is I don't have... My brake light only operates off my rear brake, but my rear brake also uh, doesn't do anything. Like it yeah. does, it it, does, it doesn't even slow the bike down. It like it's literally just my right foot operates my tail light. It's a brake light switch. Yeah. <laughs> so like I just have to like I'll I'll grab the front brake and I'm going to stop and then I'm like oh yeah and then I'll just like pitter patter my right foot against my brake <laughs> to like flash it behind me. <laughs> But it doesn't do anything to slow the bike down, so. Oh, yeah. I went to that motorcycle class, and they put me on, like, a, I think it's, like, a TX250 or something. It's kind of like a little mini Enduro. On the big and boy. I was fucking hammering that thing, and the instructor was getting pissed. Was, <laughs> I'm like, a good running motorcycle with bricks, you know? I mean, like, it's fucking great. Oh, Who my God. Right? Who would have thought of it, that it's nice when you have these things like suspension <laughs> yeah. and two brakes and yeah. mirrors? Blinkers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, blinkers, dude. I That one is like. Dude, those have been in the bin since I got the motor, you know, a motorcycle. Those have been gone, so. Yeah, don't even bother with those. If I thought yeah. I thought having two brakes is like now a new thing I have to remember which one to use. And, and yeah. then if you add blinkers in there, it's like. You know what sucks, though, is when you don't have a front brake. 
and you don't have directionals. Like there's one spot on my way home from work. If I it's a four way intersection, I have to take a right, and it's like downhill. Mm-hmm. So I gotta hold my foot on the brake, and I can't like put it neutral because it's a four way intersection. So I'm like holding my clutch with my left hand. So I can't like put out the sign to go left. So I'm like a retard trying to like point right, well point left with my right hand. And then people think I'm telling them to go, so they just get to, like, start going oh, while I'm trying to fucking turn. It's the most dangerous shit in the world. <laughs> I see what you're saying. You should just, Dude, you should just go so, in neutral. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get fully shot for saying this, but uh, Kyriak and actually Macy's new directional Hang on, I just got to shut the feed off real quick. No, I've seen them. Are you, you going to say the ones, the, like, the little rings? They're basically like the size of a dime. You know, they're like the size of exactly one LED bulb. They're so tiny. And it's like, I almost consider just getting four of them and putting them like, you could just hide them away anywhere because they're so tiny, but right. they're so bright. So where like, if I go to another state, at the very least, I'm not going to get my balls broke by cops or anything because at least I do have directionals. But uh, right. That's true. I'm not, you know, I'm not in the, the money spending game. So I'll God, this guy with everything. <laughs> How much is this? Thirty bucks? <laughs> yeah. I'm such a cheap ass. Like I'll I'll go buy the most res- like retarded expensive part or jump in some raffle that I have no business being. But to shell out money for like tools or parts, I'm like I get real bad fish customs real fast. <laughs> That is hysterical. I feel like you and I are exactly backwards. We're like, I'll buy all these expensive tools. Like the last three podcasts have been like tooling up and stuff. I'm like, I'm pulling down, boys. You know, (laughs) that's it. Trying to get rid of some stuff. But then I see a raffle come up, and I'm like, can't do it. Yeah, me too. Can't do it. Like, I can't chance not winning. Yeah, I'm like, what is it? They're like, yeah, it's only twenty bucks, and I'm like, oh fuck, I can't. I can't take the risk. Two wheel trading just raffled off two pans at the same time. It was like 150 bucks, and I'm like, I can't. Like, I'm gonna be for a month by getting this raffle. So I I didn't do it, but it was like two pans are really straight out of problems at once. You're like, I gotta save this money before somebody else does. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) gotta get these pans. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. This is your your financial tips of the week, everybody out there. Yeah. Get all your tools from the junkyard. <laughs> but get in those motherfucking raffles. We need those raffles. <laughs> oh, I love it. So let's jump into you met up with Keebler Customs and Lucky Horseshoe Customs out in Colorado. What were you doing out there? So I was out there for work, and uh, I travel a real lot for my job, and um, I end up in like all these random places. So what I try to do is I try to throw it out there when I'm around in somebody's area and be like, "Hey, what shops are in the area that you know like I need to check out? You know, like who's out here?" So uh, Whiskey Eye is like, pretty sure Keebler Customs is, uh, you know, out there somewhere. And I looked it up, and I was like 20 minutes away. So I hit him up. I'm like, boys, what's up? We hanging out? You know, can I come check out the place? And they're like, yeah, dude, swing by tomorrow, you know, and let's hang out. So uh, I ended up going over there, and, you know, they're super cool guys, just like everybody said. And uh, it was a total blast hanging out with them. That is fucking sweet. Did they have their bike back by the time you got there? They did not. They actually had a, a customer's Norton 
uh, a commando. Oh, it was yeah. a chop. It was like you know from the day. You know, it had some you know some weld situations going on and stuff. But they were basically just getting it back together and running for this dude so he could you know sell it off because he just got it in like a trade or something. But yeah, it was pretty cool that we see like some kind of you know bike there that was of a lot of interest. He had a, a pretty sweet sporty chop too that um, he had it. I think he said it was his first bike and he dumped the shit out of it and then uh, he pretty much rebuilt it all back to exactly how he wanted. So um, it was pretty neat seeing a, a later Evo sporty chop with a Springer front end on it and you know like uh, he had a hammer. 1275 kit, which was pretty badass. Oh, shit. Yeah, he had it, uh, he had it dialed in pretty nice. Fucking big boy. Big ass. That is fucking crazy, man. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, they had a, a shaft-driven bike that they were turning into, like, a, a monoshock cafe kind of deal, which was pretty sweet, checking that out. And then uh, I seen a, a piece of uh, sheet steel with the Will Life podcast, uh, logo chopped out of it, and I'm like, Ooh, oh, I recognize that. Shit. <laughs> now then, boys. Oh, I can't wait to see that thing. Speaking of them, boys. Yeah, pretty cool. Let's run into those uh, sponsors real quick. Those motherfucking sponsors. This week, as with every week, we've got a great bunch of sponsors that help make this show possible. Let's kick this shit off with motherfucking Babes, Bikes, and Beards. Bike night's going on out in Chelsea, Massachusetts. Head on over to at Babes Bikes Beards on Instagram to check them out. They've got a Slack channel where they're keeping track of all your upcoming events so that you don't have to forget about what the fuck is coming down the line. So head on over. Again, that's at Babes Bikes Beards on Instagram. Give them a follow. Stay in touch with them. Hit up a bike night and keep up to date. Next up, we've got Lowbrow Customs. All the parts you need for the road ahead since 2004. Been in the game a long time. This is where I go for all my fab shit that I can't make, like the weird tabs, recessed bungs, all the kind of shit that I need to fabricate other systems. And on top of that, they got a million other parts from all kinds of different manufacturers. A real one-stop shop for people building bikes. Head on over to lowbrowcustoms.com or at lowbrowcustoms on Instagram. And last but not least, we got Deadbeat Customs. The ones putting on the motherfucking Deadbeat Retreat going down August 23rd and 24th. Deadbeat Customs out of Tewksbury, Mass. They got uh, at Deadbeat Customs on Instagram is the place to go find out about it. As you know, we'll be going to the motherfucking Deadbeat Retreat this year. Going to have a Low Life Chopper bike show. Two awards. One for Best Bike and Show and then one for Best Chopper. All put on at Fiddlehead Campground in Saco, Maine by Deadbeat Customs. So big shout out to those guys for putting on a killer event. Can't wait to get over there. And with no further ado, let's get back to this motherfucking interview. And we're back. All right, so let's talk about how you got linked up with this Hitmic Jerk Customs out of Australia. Because you're the, oh, you're the only person... Boys. That's it. You're the only person bringing this stuff in, right? Stocking uh, it? I believe so. There might be somebody on the West Coast, but I really haven't seen like much advertising for it. But um, they might, you know, I don't really know. As far as I know, I'm definitely the only person on the East Coast that has it. 
But um, as far as we know, too, yeah, so we're definitely back super happy to have it. <clears throat> they, they make some cool shit, and it's so. How did, did you find them through Instagram, and then you guys got linked up that way? So, like a year ago, me and him just got talking on Instagram. You know, it was just kind of like one of those things, and you know, he had like a cool bike I was talking about, and then I started talking to him about the uh, the muggy meltdown. Have you guys ever heard of that one? No. That's uh, you gotta look that up. It's uh, a chopper show out in Australia, and it's like in the dirt. It's as like greasy as it gets. There's uh, you know, they have hot flag girls that are you know calling their drag races and stuff, and it definitely looks like a huge ass party. That's sick. And uh, he goes to that every year. So I was just talking to him about that, and you know how things are done in Australia, and we kind of just kicked it off. And um, Cam seems like a super nice dude, and uh. You know, really went out of his way to try to, you know, make something to where I could sell his taillights in the United States. So, um, you know, he makes these amazing stainless steel taillights. I'll definitely have them at the Hard Time Show, but so you guys could check them out. But um, fuck yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of like one of those things when you click off with somebody, and you know, I guess he trusted me enough to send, you know an expensive amount of product over to the United States and go to have me pedal it for him. It's perfect. But, uh, You're a trustworthy guy. That's it. And, yeah, he, it just, like, I hadn't seen anybody. The reason it caught my eye was because I, I really don't see anybody making taillights. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, making by hand. Yeah, and, and I'm I, pretty sure that he makes, like, the lenses and everything, too. Like, he, you know, has, like, a refined process to make these lenses and they have like this crazy honeycomb pattern. Um, he made one for his Zane for his born free bike from old bike barn. I saw um, that, you know, that had like an awesome like prism shape to it. And it was also like tinted to be like a maroon. And, um, he puts out some really quality stuff and, you know, definitely when I got it, I was super impressed. And, um, a lot of them could be, you know, mounted on like a traditional bracket. Or they're like a welding design to where it'll fit in between your round sissy bar, and you can kind of like, you know, give a couple hot tacks underneath to kind of like. I was make wondering it about just that. Floating. Yeah, I was wondering how people were doing that. And as a quick throw out there, if these are stainless steel tail lights and you have mm-hmm. a mild steel sissy bar, three hundred nine fill a rod is your fucking jam for that. God. Just gotta throw on. it out there. People need to know if you tack that shit on with a MIG welder with mild steel wire, stainless steel to mild steel, you're gonna have a bad time. That's all I'm saying. I so, my little light with a MIG I was welder. like, where the fuck is he going with this? I'm like, I, I hope he tells people that he can't weld it to MIG because I don't even know if he can weld stainless <laughs> and fucking mild together. Yeah, there's no MIG yeah, in the, in the yeah, shop, so I got nothing for you. Not, now you know how to do it here on the Wall Life Chopper Welding Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't wouldn't be giving the people what they what they come for. We didn't throw something <laughs> in there. But yeah, they I wonder how many strictly wallers you have that listen to this show that wait for their little moment every week. Every week. You know what's funny is everybody that hits me up about welding is like, "Well, I just have a MIG welder, but I do find it interesting to hear about the stuff." And I'm like, <laughs> I think it's pretty it's much everybody's got the the Hobart handler, and uh, <laughs> they just they just pretend that they enjoy listening to this part. Yeah, it's like when we listen to like sports or politics. It's just like mm-hmm. <laughs> sounds great. I don't know what's going on over here, but you know that uh, the team's doing a hell of a job. Sure would be nice if I knew what the fuck was going on. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, they are cool. And because I, I was just thinking about that when I saw 
I was looking through his website and I was I'm like none of these have brackets on them. I wonder if you're just supposed to weld the tail light right to the bar, and that's I mean that's fucking it's not gonna fall out. Yeah. So what he does is um, for custom applications, you know, he could uh, he could set you up with like a perch or you know whatever you want. But um, the base models are either welded or you take them apart and you just drill a hole in the back and then you mount it on like a normal CC bar plate or something like that. Oh, that's way easier than I thought. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I didn't think you would just do that, just drill into the back of it. But yeah, <laughs> three oh nine guys, like we said. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he also has like a yeah, smaller tail lights. These little uh, jam drops is what he calls them that are pretty neat. Um, supposedly, we're going to be getting those really soon, which I'm really excited about. And he also has some killer points covers. That's I think they say like fuck choppers, ride choppers, or something like that. Yeah, we teased that in the beginning. You got to send me some of those. Like people would be super interested in those over here. Absolutely, it's got to happen. One thing to note: um, when you look at his prices, they're all listed in Australian dollars, which I think the conversion is of like three quarters to the American dollar. So if it's listed as two (laughs) hundred. Dollars, it's really significantly less because it's just an Australian dollar. So, <laughs> oh, so we have the higher currency. Jump out here. of your fucking pants when you see a price outside of it. Gosh, yeah, I actually didn't know that because I, I looked at them. It's like 200, 170, and I'm like, I mean, they're really nice taillights. I didn't save up, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. So, uh, yeah, that's just something to keep in mind. I'm actually really glad you mentioned that because <laughs> I think a lot of people, yeah, probably wouldn't catch it. I didn't catch it either. Yeah. Good shit, but yeah, you know, just one of those things, you know, just uh, reaching out to people. You never really know who you're going to meet or talk to or, you know, just spark up a conversation with somebody and, you know, maybe it turns into something. You know, that's how literally every single one of our connections that we've had so far have just been, you know, through some kind of small talk or conversation. And, you know, then eventually it may lead to something or it's just going to lead to some kind of friendship. But, uh, yeah, definitely reaching out to people, and it's definitely the way to go in this community. And uh, I have not found, well, you know, a handful of people. But, you know, out of the other thousands, you know, there's only been, like, a couple of people that really turned me off. So Yeah, well, I mean, I can only imagine how many additional connections you're going to be making on this next trip that you're going on. Tell us a little bit about where you're heading. Going to few Cleveland, baby. Yeah, buddy. And uh, we basically did the same thing last year. So last year, I went to a hard time show, knew not a single soul. We went to Peel Cleveland right after, knew even less people in the center of the United States. And uh, (laughs) this year, we're super psyched to get out there and, uh, you know, finally meet some good Midwestern folks and some people that are coming out from the West Coast that are uh, all going to be under one air-conditioned roof this year. Oh, fuck yeah. uh, Check out some bad chaps. Cause you, so you must have people now, as opposed to last year, that you're going there and you're like, I can't wait to meet you. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yep. Uh, a couple, uh, a couple podcast listeners for sure. Um, for sure, for sure. Tyler Petrie. For sure, for sure. Definitely going to meet Worcester Bike Works. Yes. Um, a couple other people, a couple more common people who I've never met. It's like uh, Zane Cook. Never met Zane. Um, He's great. Yeah, I got to meet him uh, recently. She seems really cool. So these are all people that I'm looking forward to uh, meeting and chatting with in person. Finally, we should send you some shit. Yeah, man. 
Dude, I wear I wear a non motherfucker Will Life podcast shirt. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! I'll hand out some stuff. You know, I have like a little mini. Uh, I'll carry my chicken bucket around and I'll have it full of stickers and I'll hand them out to people. Yeah, we'll load you. We'll load you up with some with some merch. We'll be seeing you at hard times. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, dude, it's gonna go both ways. I got plenty of stuff for you guys too. Fantastic, man. Oh, shit. Can't wait. Hard Times is going to be a fucking blast. Can't wait yeah. to hear about the Cleveland trip. We'll have to have you on again uh, after the trip to talk yeah. about yeah, all the people you sure. met. We'll love, uh, love to be back on. Fuck yeah, dude. I need to get my neighborhood nightmare patch for me, by the way. Yeah, dude, you got it sitting. I dude. drew a big dick on the backside just so everybody knows where it came from. <laughs> I fucked up. I fucked up. Dude. No, I, I didn't do that. I had to go pick my kids up one day uh-huh. and at school. And I yeah. had my vest on, uh-huh. and my vest has the motherfucker shirt sewn on the back of it. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking blew right through those front doors, dude. And I'm like, why are these guys being such dicks? Like, they ID'd me to get my kids. I'm like, what the fuck? And then I walk out, and my wife was like, did you wear that inside? And I was like, wait, what? And she was like, you're fucking... It says motherfucker across your back. <laughs> So, What's up, school? I'm yeah. going to get my kids. <laughs> so I got to switch that up. <laughs> That's so funny. That's uh, great. No one saw this coming. <laughs> Who yeah, knows? Dude, there's people be. that got radioed to be on alert over that. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, my dude, God. Is, half the school is in a lockdown. <laughs> Seriously, that all the kids were in the gymnasium. Yeah, the other kids in the gym. trying to be with the principal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have my fucking ID on me. <laughs> I don't have a license. <laughs> Oh, fuck. That's fantastic. Well, hey, dude, I want to say thank you again for taking the time to chop it up with us tonight. It's so crazy to see how much the page has grown, your brand has grown, and all the people that you've met and become good friends with over the past year. Yeah, man, it's been absolutely great. And, uh, you know, the podcast has definitely been a huge part of that. And uh, definitely appreciate everything that you guys do. And, um, you know, just looking forward to the future and seeing where this goes. You know, this uh, it's definitely a lot of work, but um, you know, it just pays off huge and so cool meeting and learning from the chef community. Hey, let's try to set up next to each other at uh, hard times. By the way, yeah, you guys. Are that you way we can have like a one-stop shop for, for that. that. Yeah, that way we can have like a one-stop shop for everybody that wants to fucking meet everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am gonna. Oh, I don't know if I want to put this out there. I got a plan for how to secure Primo location, so I'll be talking to you guys in the DM. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't need Easy Code to come swoop in on my fucking prime real estate. I heard, hey. <laughs> even though, even though they actually deserve it and they actually do things. Word on the yeah. street is those motherfuckers got two spots this year. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the story. Yeah. So. You can never count on them showing up on time, so as long as we get there on time, we'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not going to the uh, the pre-party before, so I'm going to be uh, I'm going to have some dunks in me. I'm going to be ready to roll. So yeah, I'll try to I'll put up a cone or something. Cool. Locked ice parking only. <laughs> flops and chops down. Fuck yeah. That's it. You know I'm going to have the flops on deck. <laughs> You guys gotta bring like a kiddie pool, like a three foot wide kiddie pool, and just set it up. <laughs> so, you can, so you can sit on the bike with your feet in the water. Fuck yeah, dude. We need that. If It's either that or fucking places to hang the hammocks. That's it. Yeah. It's one or the other. 
Yeah, don't hang your shit off my tent because that thing's going right over. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Well, hey, do you got any uh, closing words for these people as we move to wrap things up here? Uh, I don't really have like a you know like a catchy little jingle like you guys have been doing, but uh, you we know, can pause I, it. Just uh, just don't be scared to reach out to people. You know what I mean? Like that's the biggest thing. You know, even if like uh, companies is really big or you know like everybody is super nice and you know super excited to meet new folks so uh you know if you see something you like you see somebody like something that you like that somebody else has going on like hit them up and ask them how they do it and you know just drop them uh hey you did a hell of a job with that because it definitely goes a long way especially after you spend a million hours fucking something up until it comes out nice 100 percent, dude could not agree more that's good advice i gotta I gotta start reaching out to more people like that. I get so lazy with social media. All right. For sure. I will say uh, cut once, measure never, and buy tools (laughs) that make life better. God. Oh, mine's super simple this week. What do you got? It's Friday, motherfuckers. We're heading to hard times to have a motherfucking good time. Get it tonight, ho, and all night, ho. I get the beef from a fucking right, ho. I might go crazy on these niggas. I don't give a motherfucker. Run up in the nigga house and shoot his grandmother up. What? What? I don't give a motherfucker. Get your baby kidnapped and your baby motherfucker. It's the call of three bitch. Better put your supper up. Holly Grove, I throw it up like I'm trying to lose my gut. Fuck is up. Beat him up like a million uppercuts. Got a million duffled up. Put the fuck up, it shit, get on my level, you can't get on my level, you will need a space shuttle or a ladder, that's forever, however, I'm better, if not, now than never, don't you ever fix your lips unless you about to suck my dick, bitch, swallow my words, taste my thoughts, and if it's too nasty, spit it back at me, two more inches, I'd have been in that casket, according to the doctor, I could have died in traffic, bounce right back on them bitches like magic, Abracadabra, I'm up like Viagra How you do this shit for my click like Adam Sandler I control hip-hop and I'ma keep it on my channel Watch me, bitch watch me, bitch watch me But they cannot see me like Hitler, it's the New Orleans nightmare Money so old, it's growing white hair Young money baby, yeah we right here I'ma make sure we ball till we ball Be free.